As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, guys? This is Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. I hope you're doing well. I'm really excited for today's show. We will be interviewing Mark Cordone, also known to his roller derby fans as Manila Ice. He's a crazy cool cat with a fantastic sense of humor and a background in positive psychology. And among other things, we'll be talking about the process of rehabilitation of both mind and body that happened when in his first roller derby practice, he shattered his arm. And we dive deep into that huge moment that everybody has in life where we reach an obstacle and we have to decide Are we going to climb that wall, or are we going to turn tail and go home? It was such a powerful conversation. I was smiling ear to ear the whole time and had goosebumps for half of it. So get excited. Such an awesome talk ahead. As we're getting into that today, just a few items I wanted to put on your radar. First, the summer transformation stories for 2018 will be coming out in two weeks. Our summer transformation stories are real guys in the community who woke up one morning and said, I am better than this. My kids deserve better than this. My community, my job, my significant other deserve better than this, and I'm going to make this happen. And from that point on, go about the journey of changing themselves for the better. And those transformation stories are brought to you by Bauer Power Fitness Consulting, and I'm really happy to partner with John Bauer to bring those stories to you. The next item on the list is that you should be on the lookout for some amazing shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. We've got an interview with Larry Hagner from the Dad Edge podcast. We've got part five of Overcoming Obesity, where we're going to tackle thyroid hormones. And in addition to tackling intermittent fasting, we're going to start our series on exercise in the brain, just in time for the holidays to give you a good reason to stay with your workout program. The last thing I want you to know before we get into Mark Cordone's interview is that there is a new newsletter that listeners of Defining Dad Bod have access to. We have a patron newsletter, so if you are a patron and a supporter of the show, thank you so much. That means you've gone to www.patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash DefiningDadBod and raised your hand and said, yes, I will support the show financially. You know that every single dollar that you put into this movement goes to producing awesome content and awesome material 
and to helping distribute it in the world so other people know about it, so that we can all work together to leave a legacy of health and fitness for our kids and be in a great place ourselves doing it. But now I've added a listener's newsletter, so if you're not a patron yet, but you'd like to get a taste of some of the content that the patrons are getting through patreon.com, you can subscribe to the listener newsletter. Every Monday, you'll receive an update when new show content comes out, and every month, I'll make sure some valuable resources end up in your inbox. Lastly, for the first four weeks that you're on the listener newsletter, you'll actually get access to the insulin level of the hormone pyramid. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back to Overcoming Obesity Part 2, where we talk about becoming a better fat burner by tackling insulin. And since I believe that's such an important piece for all of us to be tackling, I've included that for free in the listener newsletter. The link's in the show notes. I encourage you to check it out. And now, without further ado, let's get to that interview with Mark Cordone. What's up, guys? This is Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. I'm super excited to bring to you roller derby extraordinaire Manila Ice. I'm just kidding. That's his side job, Once Upon a Time. But we have Mr. Mark Cordone. We have a best-selling author in our midst, positive psychologist, lifestyle coach, and a dad to a fantastic five-year-old going on 90. Mark, how you doing today? <laughs> yeah, he is going on 90. Uh, I'm living the dream, brother. Alex, thank you for having me on. You're so welcome, man. I appreciate having you on. And you can catch Mark. We're going to get into his stuff, and you're going to want to get connected to him. You can catch Mark at www.markcordone.com. That's M-A-R-C-C-O-R-D-O-N.com. You can also find him on Instagram at mark.cordone. And then on Facebook, Mark Cordone Coaching. So, brother, I need to hear about your superhero origin story because you have come <laughs> quite a long way in your life to best-selling author that's coming out in January. Is that right? It is. Yeah. yeah Very fortunate. Offering listeners an e-copy of the book. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But Beyond Resilient, A Coach's Guide yeah. to Ecstatic Growth, which is just powerful. I'm very excited about that. And then as somebody with a background in psychology, a lot of people don't know that about me. You are a positive psychologist and there's just so much to say about that. So I want to know, man, what got you to yeah. this way doing the Golden Mike Show, which is a fantastic show and doing yeah. what you're doing in the world? Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> I have to give credit where credit is due, Alex. I mean, it started, the origin story started with this uh, poor lady in the southern Philippines and this rich city guy in northern Philippines. They met up once in Manila. They ended up running into each other at a party on the other side of the world in Minnesota, I believe. And so they created something amazing. That was the origin story. Me, namely. <laughs> when, when a mommy cordon and a daddy cordon love <laughs> Yeah, you see, when a, uh, like they taught me in Catholic school, when a man and woman love each other, a stork comes. And so, I mean, essentially, I was given all of these privileges to grow up in the United States, sort of that American dream, become whatever it was that you want to become, do whatever it was that you want to do. I wanted to be Michael Jackson when I was younger, you know, I wanted to be a rock star. And then I started to grow up and I saw these things on the media. You know, Asian Americans are really good at math. They're really good at medicine. Yeah, like, if you can only see Alex's face right now, right? And so it kind of shaped me to go into pre-med. My folks were both in the medical field. I wanted to be a doctor myself and kind of take over what they were doing. And very soon, I was a neuroscience major at a pretty decent university in Atlanta. And next thing that I know, I was getting into these Asian-American issues. And that's really where I started to find my voice. 
But Alex, I was one angry dude, man. Like I was angry Asian. Like I wanted to take down like white America and I wanted Filipinos to speak Tagalog. And, you know, I went to the Philippines and nobody was speaking Tagalog anymore. Everyone was speaking English, you know? So Why, like, wait, I, was, wait, I need to hear about that. Why were you so mad? I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a lot there. I think in retrospect, a lot of it had to do with I was going through this stage where, you know, I think when it came to the sort of the self-confidence piece, I had grown up kind of looking in the mirror being like, man, I wish that I was like people on TV. You know, I wish that I could fit in like, you know, one of those characters in Saved by the Bell seamlessly, but I'd stick out like a sore thumb, right? You know, just everything, you know, growing up, you look at the status quo and everything that you're not status quo, you want to be. And so I don't know if it was like that for you growing up, but definitely for me, I thought it had been because of the fact that I was Filipino, because I was the only Filipino kid in my class all the way through high school. So by the time I got to college, I was getting attention from Filipino women and I felt empowered to speak up my story. I suddenly began to blame the mainstream for not allowing me to have that story. It's not the mainstream's fault, dude. You know, um, it, it just was more so that was my kind of angry, kind of low consciousness mode that I was in at that point. And so I went into multicultural affairs for a little bit after being in a band for a little bit. I'll tell you about that. I, I <laughs> After grad school, I actually went, joined a band and we traveled the country. Grad um, school, roller derby, band. Yeah. This guy really <laughs> was his own version of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> it really, really, really was. I also rolled around with those big old like, mobile phones, the Radio Shack mobile phones. No, I didn't. But it really was something like that. It was angry. And I was like that for like a good decade of time. And I realized that I was indoctrinating students who were coming into my office when I was working in multicultural affairs to think the same way. It's us versus them. They're the oppressor and we need to fight back. And one day somebody came into my office and was like, hey, Cordon, I think that I figured out the secret of life, the elixir, if you will, in the story, right? In, in the hero's journey. And he came in and he gave me the syllabus and it was for a class in happiness. And I looked at the syllabus and I was like, get out of my office, man. Like, do you think that this is about happiness right now? We're like in the middle of a war. We're in the middle of the war. There's so many disparities. We don't have the right to be happy. I actually started reading this stuff. And I was like, man, this stuff is really empirically sound. They have like psychologically, it goes back to some of the humanistic movement, which I completely believe in, like what is the optimal self that we can get to? So like that Maslowian stuff, neuroscience wise, it was showing the development of not only the prefrontal cortex, but the hope centers in the brain. And from a standpoint of, hey, Cordon, do you want to go to the end of your life regretting a bunch of things? Or do you want to live a life where you feel more integrity and happy on a daily basis? Like you can let some shit go right now. And I started to explore it more and more and more. And by the time I went into a PhD program, that's what I knew I wanted to study. I wanted to study positive psychology. And I wanted to see how we could use positive psychology in a time when it might seem like darker days right now, right? But how can we use that and apply it? And how can we make it very accessible to people who can't go to the University of Pennsylvania and pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a master's in positive psychology. So that's really become my mission. But seriously, man, it's all about empowering and having fun. You know, even when I was an angry Asian, it was about empowering and having fun. And so it's just been developing on a deeper and deeper and deeper level. And uh, I feel much better in terms of not having to be angry, you know, on a daily basis and, and on an ideological basis. Being angry on an ideological basis is whack, dude. 
you wake up every day in one specific mindset and it's hard to shake it. That's for sure. Right. You, you wake up and you want to go to war. You want to kick something. Right. And it's just, no. I mean, some of us do that anyway, but that's a testosterone problem. And we'll, talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, so w- one of the <laughs> things, <key> problem. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about there yeah. and just thank you for sharing that story with us because it's a really cool and yeah. kind of unusual superhero origin story from the subject to the agent, which is what we call it in psychology. The subject is like life happens to me. There are all of these powers that are kind of against me and I have to fight them and maybe this thing will work out and maybe it won't. It's a really high anxiety place to be. Whereas the agent mindset is the I make life happen. I am responsible for the world around me, at least in as much as I affect it. And I'm certainly responsible for the way that I react and develop myself. And it's such a powerful mindset shift. And basically what I heard in your story there was that shift. And part of the thing that I love about the health and fitness world in what I'm doing with defining dad bod is that I've seen that across clientele when they say, you know what, I'm in pain, I'm overweight, I'm not eating the right stuff that I need to eat, I'm not sleeping well, I'm really angry about where I'm at, I don't like who I look at in the mirror, and I'm going to try to do something about it. And what's crazy about that journey is every single day, especially you know in my 13 years of fitness industry experience, every single day, every deadlift, every pull up, every mile run, everything that somebody undertakes from an exercise perspective, it's the perfect physical embodiment of agency. I make life happen. I walked into the gym today. I picked up that weight. I ate the right food. I got my sleep tonight. And what's funny is it's been my experience that when somebody takes on a fitness program and starts adding exercise and good nutrition and good lifestyle to their life, that agency mindset starts to spread, starts to like grab their job and grab their parenting and grab their marriage and say, hey, you can do something about this. That's been my experience. I wanted to hear from you as a positive psychologist and life coach, working with people and helping them understand their truth as you did for yourself. What has been your experience with fitness in relationship to positive psychology and mindset? Maybe not personally, but from a client's perspective, how often do you find that working into programs and helping people really shape the way they see the world differently? Very. Very. This idea of moving from subject to agent, I think it's a multidisciplinary thing. A lot of people, Alex, probably come to you wanting to literally shape their body. And they leave with this sort of sense of, I am no longer even the same person, right? And in the same way, you know, just from a physical standpoint, I've had the ability to work with not only folks who want to get on a, like a health plan or something like that, but folks who are like elite athletes, right? That want to step it up, you know? And what will happen is, uh, you know, one case is Cordon, I just want to look good naked in front of my husband again, right? Next thing you know is that we get to that goal weight. You know what? It had nothing to do with me looking good in front of my husband. He's an alcoholic. I got to leave him. Ooh, you know, and, and so now I have the confidence, the agency to go and talk to a lawyer about this. And before where they were in a place that was catabolic or what, what they called unempowered to make change in their life, they're thinking about, okay, what is best for my kid? What is best for me? And where can I go with that? They continue to do the routine physically, but they're also doing in their mind and in other domains of their life. You know, I, I think one of the biggest things that happened to me was, you know, I got a really fat ass tax return one year 
And I used it to join a roller derby team, right? And uh, I, I broke my arm. I grotesquely broke it, like crack, hyperextended. It was nasty, right? And that was in the first practice. And so my coaches worked with me over and over and over. And not only that, but what I was reading about positive psychology was even though I don't have an arm to use right now, I still have the agency to show up and make the people who are healing me even happier. When I walk into the room, if they're happy to see me, they're probably going to serve me at 100%. So it's a win-win situation because I'm going to get better faster and we're just going to laugh the whole time, you know, even though it's painful, I don't have to suffer and neither do they, right? And what ended up happening was not only did I get back and work really hard, I made rookie of the year, I got called up to Team Philippines for the World Cup, but more than that, there was this sort of new Mark Cordone that emerged from that. And people were like, you literally are not the same person. And when you've broken your arm and you're like, no, I'm not going into surgery. I'm going to work it. So I'm that 1% who doesn't need surgery after a damaging arm break. I'm not saying that that's going to happen with everybody, but at least you're putting yourself at a best case scenario to optimally perform and optimally feel good. I don't think that it was any coincidence that shortly afterwards, my mindset at work was one in which, dude, if I've worked that hard at work that I'm working in roller derby, I'm going to be a really successful entrepreneur like I always knew I could be. I could be the Michael Jackson of coaching, uh, right? <laughs> no one can see that I'm wearing the, the white glove right now except Alex, right? But like, <laughs> I could really be this rock star with all the tools that I've been given, and I don't have to settle for thinking that I have to just lead social movements and not take a paycheck because taking a paycheck is the best way that I can be a dad at this point. So also at the same time, my, my son was born around then. And so like all these things were colliding around the idea of me just getting in, in physical shape, but it wasn't the physical shape. It was the feeling of community. For those of you who work out on a regular basis and you're either part of a team or you know your group, right? You go to five o'clock and you just know your peeps, right? That's part of your community. For me, that was my church. That was something greater than myself. And I needed that when my son was born because I was losing part of my identity. I didn't know what was going on anymore. Also at the same time, like the idea in roller derby that I could give myself a superhero name, right? Manila Ice, like part corny, like all good. You know, so like <laughs> uh, this idea that like, oh, Mark isn't doing that today. Manila Ice is showing up. You know, so like how many times do we want to access that alter ego personality that's sort of the superhero, the Superman, right? The person with the cape on. And so that idea of having a superhero personality helped me in the work scenario. I was like, what would Manila Ice do in this situation? He wouldn't put up with this shit. You know, <laughs> like he'd start his own business. Like, he wouldn't come home at 11 o'clock and talk about happiness to three people and like his dinner was cold pizza, you know? We remember college, right? It was just pizza and t-shirts all the time. You know, I, I didn't have to settle for that anymore. But I could still do what I loved and what I was passionate about. So I hope that answers in a long form way what I've seen with my clients and what I've seen in my own life. Um, well, yeah, and, and just as a side note about the college thing, it's not pizza and t-shirts. It's pizza on your dang t-shirt. But it's okay <laughs> you have a bunch of free ones in the dresser. So no big deal. Um, so, so you said a lot there that I want to just wrap on for yeah. a second because, yeah. man, it's, it's good stuff. So one of the yeah. things that, that you brought to the table here in your story, and I appreciate you sharing that story, is 
the dude breaks his arm in the first practice after dropping his big tax return check <laughs> to join the roller derby, breaks his arm just grotesquely. And I've seen some nasty broken arms, so I can picture yeah. what this looks like. It's not pretty when that happens. It ruins everybody's practice. Yeah, it's not good. This guy could have said, you know what? Roller derby's not for me. I'm going I'm to take this as a sign from above. <laughs> Somebody does yeah. not want me playing roller derby, so I'm out. Instead, instead, and this is a really important part of moving forward with agency, is that, okay, hey, you know what? Here's this obstacle. Here's this thing. Here's this setback. That doesn't mean I have an excuse to quit. And this is really important because I have worked with a number of people. Like I'm, I'm working with a client right now who literally travels probably every three or four days and for her job. And it's something, you know, there, it's non-negotiable. Manila Ice might not put up with it, but this particular client, like she, she doesn't have a choice to be successful in her particular career industry. Yeah. Like she never knows. She never knows what, what kind of hotel she's going to be able to work at. She never knows what kind of snacks she can bring because she works with doctors and stuff. And this Lady could be like, you know what? Fitness is just not for me. There's no way I'm going to reach this weight loss thing. I'm going to have to live on fiber one bars and whatever the hell else is in the airport. And as far as exercise is concerned, you know, I mean, maybe someday I can join a gym and get moving. And this lady will not accept that. She just won't accept it. She's like, no, you know what? I can go for a walk. I can go for a jog. I like the elliptical. Most hotels have ellipticals. I can do push-ups in my room. No joke. She ordered bands from Amazon, like elastic stretchy resistance band. And this chick will work out in her hotel room using the door frame as the anchor for her band. And she just won't accept it. And I think from your story and clients that I've experienced in the past, that mindset or that positive psychology tool of being able to recognize the obstacle accept yeah. where you are in the moment, but do something anyway, rather than, you know, routing on the couch or whatever else you could possibly do and watching reruns of Game of Thrones or whatever. That's just, oh, I get goosebumps yeah. thinking about it, man. Like, so was that the first time in your life that you'd kind of experienced that grit around an obstacle like that? And so the lights came on or was that an amalgamation of things that led up to that point? I think that's a great question. I think that's a great question. And kudos to your client who's doing that big time work right there from Manila Ice himself. That's right. I think a little bit of both. The person that I always wanted to be and was too fearful to show up when those things had happened in the past, like, you know, I, I'm in my 40s now. I was 38 when I tried out for the team. You know what I mean? Like everybody else was in their 20s. So I knew I was going to get hurt at one point. I just didn't know I was going to get hurt that soon. But people go through torn ACLs. Both knees have been blown out on me. Other things when it comes to emotional um, psychological things that have happened, work, whatever, family changes. And I don't think I ever thought I could see a time where I fully showed up. There was part of me that was always a little bit scared. There was always a part of me that was a little bit scared that, okay, what if I fail? What if I give everything that I've got? And this was the first time that I remember them telling me, and I expected them to come in and say the worst, because from the beginning, everybody was pale when they saw it, like my arm. So even down to the doctors were turning pale. I knew it was bad, you know? And so I had decided that regardless of whatever the outcome was, I was already a roller derby star. I might not have been a great dad. I may not have been a great person at work, but this was the one area of life that I knew I had a locus of control over, that if I showed up every day, I was going to be a badass. I don't know why. It just meant 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply a lot to me and i think that meant things in other areas like my son's mother and i were not together which is why i felt a low locus of control and, and so i felt like there were so many things that were out of my control but here was the one case that i could show up and you're talking about agency and you know with agency there's the idea of self-concordance this means a lot to me and i'm going to act on it i'm going to take agency on it and so i made a declaration i saw a big wall in front of me and for those of you who feel like there's a wall in front of you literally a mental or a physical wall in front of you it's called a declaration it's basically where you take your backpack and you throw it on the other side of the wall so instead of just being frustrated and hitting the wall and hitting the wall and hitting the wall or waiting for somebody to come and save you now your shit is on the other side of the wall and you got to figure out a way to get there and so for me it was i'm just going to make it happen i am not going to whine about it i'm just going to keep going i'm going to show up i'm going to do what they tell me to do and i'm going to have them laughing the whole time and that has been my credo ever since it went into parenting afterwards you know i started my own coaching company and it's been my credo it's not going to be easy it's going to be painful there are thousands of coaches out there but if i declare and i just live life full out and leave it all on the field there's nothing that i'm going to regret at the end of the day mm. so i think that was the moment and actually the name of my book beyond resilience was sort of a dedication to that manila ice moment because it wasn't just bouncing back it was me bouncing back and then having put like a post traumatic growth spurt afterwards so not just being resilient and snapping back it's really what did i learn from this how am i not going to break myself again and how am i going to become even more resilient how am i going to continue to grow so i would say that i wish i had more moments like that before but it really was me going to the point where i was like i'm tired of this i'm tired of me thinking that i'm a victim to everything happening to me so at that point it was over and i think manila ice fully took over the driver seat at that point and to be quite honest i think the old mark was dead after that manila ice just took over and we buried those fears So I want to yeah. simmer on this visual <laughs> you painted. It's such a good visual. It's such a good visual, especially for me. I don't know if everybody thinks this way. I'm like smiling ear to ear right now. <laughs> I can't tell if you're laughing at me right now. Not that you know, sorry. This is just the way my face looks. That's <laughs> So I like to hike in the mountains here in Colorado, beautiful and and I can picture life as the journey and I got like my hiking backpack on and I come up, and there's this big rock just yep. right in the middle of the path, you know, and you'd be like, "Oh, we're going to go around that? Like it can't go under it. Guess the hike's over, you can go home." Or you take your backpack off, you chuck that sucker over the rock and you're like, "Well, now I got to figure out how to get over." <laughs> 
my phone's in that pack. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. like, <laughs> oh man, my food's in there, bro. <laughs> my GPS, my beef jerky, my water. So, my keys. My keys are in there. <laughs> that's an important one. I'm not walking home. So, <laughs> so that visual is just, it's a powerful moment. And, and I feel like, you know, as I'm talking and as the audience is listening here, there are walls standing in front of people right now and they just need to take their backpack and chuck it over the wall. And you know what's crazy about this, Mark? And you said, you know, I, I wish I had more moments like that in my life. And I'm thinking, you know, once you've chucked your backpack over a rock that size, you don't see a rock that size the same way anymore. You just climb no. it with your backpack on. It's not even like, oh, the hike's over. It's like, oh, I've done that before. No big deal. I got that T-shirt back with my college shirts that have pizza on. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, you know, I want people to really picture that and visualize that. And if there's a wall that's just really, really tall for you right now, throw your backpack over it. And if you need some help with that, one of the ways that we do that, both in the health and fitness world and in the positive psychology world, get with a coach. You know, there's nothing more powerful as far as I'm going to get over this wall one way or another. Like hiring a coach is the act of throwing the backpack over the wall because the coach is going to start climbing the wall and go, hey, hey, this is what you pay me for. Let's go. Yeah. I'll even hold your butt on the way up. Like, yep. <laughs> let's well, get and that is actually one of the biggest things ever is once you declare, suddenly you're more apt to... And maybe this could be a totally old school man's way of thinking, but how many men do not ask for help, right? But like when you're trying to get to the other side and you have a community of people who will just be like, yeah, yeah, let's boost you over, bro. When you have that community, it makes it so much easier. And I think that's why the Derby community was such a big deal to me. Mm. That's why in my coaching program, sometimes the group programs are even stronger than my one-on-one -on -one programs because a person is just looking for family that gets it, you know? And also at the same time, for you, you don't just see your backpack and your MacBook Pro on the other side of the rock, right? You become more tenacious. Suddenly things that weren't tools for you before become tools. When I opened my own business, suddenly there was old contacts that I hadn't thought of before. And I was reaching out and I was being very honest. I was like, yo, I just left the job. This is why I honestly am going to connect with you. It's not the best of ways I should have kept in touch with you. Can we possibly see if we can work together? And I wouldn't have done that before if I was worried about looking like a jerk and all this stuff. It's just so much different. And this is the other thing, though. Once you make one declaration in your life and you get over that big mountain, you're going to reach another dang mountain and it's going to be bigger. It's not like this stops. You know, scale, get to the other side and savor that moment because we sometimes work so hard that we, we don't savor those parts of life where we're like, I did it. Because we just look at the next mountain and all we ever do is just climb mountains our whole lives. That's like Sisyphus, dude. If we do it that way, right? We're yeah, just that's right. Rocks, you know, but if we savor and we really have a plan of action and we're taking advantage of our community, we're not afraid to ask for help. We're tenacious. Dude, I don't know what can stop you except for maybe a, a couple physical things and time. True story. I guess you could yeah. die on your way up the next rock, but at least you yeah. went down doing something and, cool. <laughs> and, and time. And I'm, time. I, 
this is just an I statement, but I'd much rather die going up that next rock than watching uh, Netflix and eating potato chips 24-7, right? Mm. So there's still a certain movement and growth to it. I think I'm going to be doing this until the end of my life. This meaning the idea of as my purpose increases and I've made it to the other side and I can see even more of life ahead of me instead of just being ego driven and just seeing what's in front of me, but I could see more of the landscape. It's going to allow me to serve more people. Mm. And it's the same thing. You get physically in shape. You're able to take care of your kids. You're able to feel more energy. You're able to show up better at work. It's like time slows down for you, actually, because you're getting even so much more done. You're living life in flow. And I would much rather live life in flow than to live life in subject, letting it pass me by. I want to dive into, to switch the vibe just a little bit here, I want to dive into that idea of the hero archetype or the yeah. Manila Ice of Mark Cordon. We <laughs> love this Manila Ice dude. I, I love it. Well, you know, all of us have, all of us have, it doesn't mean we've all developed, but all of us have that like superhero persona to our alter ego, so to speak. And I find especially, you know, I, I'm biased. I'm looking through the lens of health and fitness. But I find, especially for men, and especially in the earlier years of fatherhood, this was true mm, for me. Yep. And I'm sure it's true for many of the guys listening, especially here. Uh, and, and I've trained several ladies who have found this in themselves as well. It's not just a man thing. But that somehow the physical fitness setting, whether it's the roller derby, the gym, for some people it's the on the road, running, biking, swimming. I actually have a client who finds it on the tennis court after 40 years of activity and stuff. He's like, this is the one sport I can still play without ruining myself. Yeah. But that almost archetype or persona of the hero is developed in physical fitness. And for a guy who has kids at home, babies at home and stuff, you know, we have our modes, you know, I call it the little boxes that I put stuff in, in my head, you know, I've got a box for this and I got a box for this, you know, so sometimes I'm in husband mode and sometimes I'm in business mode and sometimes I'm in father mode, you know, and yeah. they, they kind of bleed together. It's not like a switch you can flip away, right. right? But there's something to be said about the importance of Alex mode or my clients call it the ninja trainer. You're Manila Ice. I'm the ninja trainer. Like no joke, my clients oftentimes when I'm working with them, they put me in their cell phone as ninja trainer. So when I text them, that's what pops up. I like that. I like that. That makes me sound super cool. I'm not as cool <laughs> as that sounds, but that makes me sound super cool. Right, you're pretty dang cool, dude. <laughs> Thanks. In yeah. in that moment, you know, I spend the time. I'm like, I'm here. I'm training. I'm doing my thing, right? And in that moment, I'm the ninja trainer. You know, in the things that are important to me, you know, being a good father, being a good husband, being a successful business owner, being a healthy man, all of those things are obviously goals that the ninja trainer is enabling me to pursue. But when I leave the gym, it doesn't leave me. Kind of like you said, what would Manila Ice do sitting on yep. the shore, you know? So my question, I guess, here in this big, long statement is when we look at life coaching and positive psychology... And we talk about developing different aspects of ourselves. Why do you believe it's extremely important for people to find their manila ice in relationship to their parentage? And I guess you could talk about it in other realms of, mm -hmm. of life and stuff. But why do you think it's so important for people to find that in themselves for other aspects of their life? Great question. I wasn't quite sure of why this was such a big deal to me at the time. But in sort of going and sort of, you know, being prepared uh, and 
diving deeper into positive psychology, there's a huge, huge differentiation between oftentimes the way we see ourselves in the present and our best selves. And I think our boy Maslow went and said, whatever it is that you can see, you must become that. You must become what you know that you can see because it is no longer good enough to settle for mediocrity when you know you can see greatness. And so for me, Manila Ice was a funny name, but it was the greatest version of myself. And so me putting on a Manila Ice jersey, wearing 818, you know, and putting on the helmet, the helmet's over my shoulder there still, putting on that helmet, I became literally like, it was like putting on a version of my best self. I didn't think about it at the time, but it was that. Psychological distancing is the same thing. It's like, you know, you see somebody fall down and then what would your best self do? I'd help them up. That's what Manila Ice would do. You're getting frustrated with your kid, right? Right? You're getting all angry with it, right? Like, ah, you know, and there's time to lay down the boundaries, but what would my best self, what would the Manila Ice Dad show up as? So in many ways, that is critical. Knowing who our best self is, and then at the most quintessential moments, being able to say, what would Ninja Trainer do with my kid right now? What would Ninja Trainer do with my business right now? What would Ninja Trainer do when Mark starts spouting off and going wild? You know, what would Alex's best self do? And for those of you who are listening, that's why I love it. Because like, you can give yourself a little heroic nickname, courtesy of, you know, yourself. And if you're, you're having a hard time, uh, email Alex or email me. I'm on Facebook. Use the Facebook for something and we'll come up with your nickname together. We will throw um, them down. Yeah, <laughs> Free nickname that's, for all. That, that's, our, that's our next business, Alex. We're going to have a <laughs> random heroic self-nickname generator, right? There you go. So by, by Manila Ice and Ninja Trainer. But there is something to be said that once you identify the difference between your heroic self, your best self, I call it your flourishing self because you're feeling good and you're performing optimally. So once you distinguish between that and you see where you are now, that allows you to set a GPS to going towards that optimal self. And as you start going towards that optimal self, yeah, get a coach, surround yourself with friends who believe in your optimal self. And also plan to be your optimal self at the worst times, because that's when you need it to show up. Mm. So I think that it's critical. It is comical that it's a Manila Ice thing, but it goes across everywhere. You know, that's the reason why like salesperson will like listen to a song to get them all amped up. It's because they're trying to access their best self. And so I think a lot of people do it unconsciously and they're not sure, you know, why they get into these routines, but oftentimes it's to do that. I love that. And just as an example, we've used Manila Ice here. We use Ninja Trainer. Ninja Trainer. I, I, I have a client who, who she is, wouldn't mind me shouting out to her here. Her name is Barb, and she's been training with me for a period of time. She is an amazing woman who deals with a lot of stuff in the world, in her business, and then also in her life. But then she's also extremely dedicated to her own personal physical fitness, despite the different things that life's thrown at her to be kind of in her way, injuries and family happenings and whatnot. But when she comes to the gym, she's beast mode Barbie. And that's, <laughs> no joke, man. That's her like, that's her best self in the fitness realm. Yeah. Beast mode Barbie. And if you can picture like, how would you even sell that at Toys R Us? I'm not sure, but that chick would be badass, right? I'd, I'd buy a beast mode Barbie. <laughs> I would buy a beast that's mode Barbie and put it next to my roller derby helmet. on. Yeah. <laughs> So with that being said, you know, I guess I'm not going to speak for you here, Mark, but I kind of am. And 
and I are saying to you is if you don't have a nickname or a an understanding of that best self, either reach out for some help or spend some time digging into who is that person. And for me, I generally like to help clients find that in the gym setting or on the road running or whatever the case is there. So hey, just Oh, I love this conversation. I wish I could talk to you. I, I need more coffee, really. I think that's <laughs> to, to keep up with this. But I, I want to change veins here just a little yeah. bit because I ask every person who comes on my show this question. I would love to hear from you, Mark. This is yeah. the Defining Dad Bod show as part of the Defining Dad Bod movement. It started back in November of last year. When I say Defining Dad Bod, what does that phrase mean to you? So when you say Defining Dad Bod to me, I'm thinking about the fact that here I am, this person with years of intellectual training, years of understanding psychology, years of working in derby and bands and having an amazing son. And what I know is that I don't know anything. And when you're talking about defining dad bod, it's something that I wake up in the morning and know that it's going to be defined again and again and again and again. That's the defining piece is that I'm a constant learner. And just being here with you for this hour, Alex, is something that I'm walking away from being a better person because of that. And that's how I know that I'm in my own good spot right now. I also think the idea of being a dad, to me, I used to think that it was about being the perfect dad. And what I'm learning is that all I need to do to be a great dad is show the F up for my kid. My kid's five years old and adores me as much as I adore him. I may not be the same in a couple of years, you know, he's going to want his space. But for now, show the F up for him and continue to do that even when he's pushing me away and he wants his space. But when it comes to the idea of bod, I'm thinking about the idea of society, you know, the idea that there may be this idea of a sort of uh, this status quo. And even dad bods, right, are, are kind of accepted. But mom bods aren't. Not fair, right? Not fair. So I'm just thinking about like my history of coming from a place where I didn't think I'd fit in the status quo and now going to the place where, you know, status quo is there for a reason, but also at the same time, it's up to us to define and create our own blueprints for how we want to be happy, how we want to be dads and how we want to redefine things. And I think when you put it all together, life really is a constant growth process and it doesn't matter whether it's trauma that causes the growth an ecstatic day that causes the growth or a boring mundane day that causes the growth. We have the ability as we're defining our dad bods to extrapolate value in every moment and every single person that we interact with. How does that sound? It sounds like I can't add a single letter <laughs> to that. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks, Mark. You're so welcome. I like totally deconstructed every word of it. <laughs> Thank you. You know, so so defining dad bod starts with a D and D. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was good. <laughs> the Greek word. <laughs> I wish there was a Greek word for dad bod. That'd be. <laughs> Oh, geez. Uh, so, so this has been such a good conversation. Yeah, Actually, you know, previewing something in the future, I want to bring you back on sometime and talk about fitness as it relates to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's actually something I'm just stupid passionate about. I've created a hormone pyramid to kind of reflect the hierarchy of needs because I think it's so powerful to create a hierarchy of priority in the fitness world. But 
before I got chill bumps up you, don't I? Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, so good, dude. But we can't fit that into the next three minutes. So I just want to talk to listeners about how they can get connected with a free e-copy of your book that's coming out in January. And that's Beyond Resilient, A Coach's Guide to Ecstatic Growth. Can you talk to us about what to expect out of that book and how to get connected to it? Yeah, well, that book is straight up the year that I broke my arm. It basically was the notes that I had written to myself about how I can transition out. And I'm going to be very honest, like I got axed from higher education. They let me go and I had to grow my wings very quickly. And so that was the year in which, you know, I was doing derby. I was uh, out of higher education and I knew that I needed to make a new declaration, right? And the declaration was, I'm going to become this coach that pulls together positive psychology and I'm not going to be the snake oil person making these grandiose promises. I'm going to do it through hustle and theory and, you know, maybe a couple pro wrestling metaphors and some Star Wars metaphors. I just want it to be a good read. And the coolest thing is that I've gotten folks who are starting their own business or coaches. I've had athletes read it and say, yo, this translated very well into the world of athletics. You know, it started off as just a passion project. It got picked up by a publisher and it's going to be in, in bookstores in January. If you email me at mark, M-A-R-C, at markcordone.com, M-A-R-C-C-O-R-D-O-N.com, let me know that you heard it on the Defining Dad Bod podcast. I would love to send it to you. And I also want to figure out what your superhero nickname is. So I'll send you that. And we're going to, like, we're going to, if I, if we, Alex and I have to have super hero nicknames, we need to know yours. We need, I don't know if you have a thread for your podcast, but maybe we can start that in the thread if you have a, <laughs> for your podcast. So you're listening. Like, <laughs> that sounds great. And in fact, yeah. when we put this out, we put it out on social media. I'll tag you in it. And in the comments, we want to hear your superhero persona. We've got Manila Ice and the Ninja Trainer asking you to put down what's your superhero gym persona. I will make sure Beast Mode Barbie is present so we can all friend her and give her a hard time as well. BMB. Beast Mode right. Barbie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, Mark, such a good time. I'll make sure that there's a link down here in the show notes and whatnot so that uh, you don't have to remember Mark's email address if that just went in one ear and out the other. So you can get in contact with him about the e-copy of his new book, Beyond Resilience, A Coach's Guide to Ecstatic Growth. Now, Mark, I'd like to give you the last word before I call it a day on this conversation. What do you hope that listeners take from hearing from you today, brother? Well, well, anybody listening, I, I hope that you felt some sort of connection. I know that it's weird nowadays with the way that technology goes. If you felt this connection, and even if we're not having a live conversation, that's what truly is living life, is to make these connections. Um, please connect with Alex, connect with each other, connect with me, and let's just continue this. And I'm happy to be a part of your uh, your army that you're forming here. So thank you. I just have nothing but gratuity for you. Thank you. Same to you, brother. I'm very, very thankful that I got to spend this time. Just so much hair standing up, you know, just a lot of, a lot of meaning in this conversation. So you can find Mark at www.markcordone.com. That's M-A-R-C-C-O-R-D-O-N.com. You can also find him on Instagram at mark.cordone and on Facebook at Mark Cordone Coaching. Mark, such a pleasure to hang out with you. And I'm really looking forward to our golden mic date soon, sir. Oh, you're going to drop it. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of yourself, man. You too, brother.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.